Our scripture reading reading today is taken from John 12, verse 12 through 19. And our sermon today is entitled, The Triumphal Entrance. This is the Lord's word. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on the donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Nazareth out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday in the church calendar. The week, the the day that starts Holy Week. Next week we celebrate Good Friday and Easter, the day that we remember the death of Jesus and his resurrection. Jesus knew that day was coming. And Jesus knew that he himself would have to lay down his life. If we see the ministry of Jesus, we can sort of graph it geographically. And this is sort of fun to do. We see that Jesus himself started in Jerusalem. He went to the temple. He opened the scroll of Isaiah. And he told the Pharisees there and announced to the world basically that, listen, Even me as a child, I know who I am. I'm here to be in my father's house. I'm here one day to bring salvation to many. And after Jesus was baptized and after his ministry began, he started in Jerusalem, but he slowly worked himself out to to Samaria and to other parts of the known world. And he would go around doing miracles and preaching the good news that the kingdom of God has come, that all of us must must repent and believe. He garnered his disciples together to teach them, and his disciples followed him wherever he went, and he himself, Jesus, did miracles, and the, the disciples did miracles as well. And everyone had this eager expectation that Jesus himself was the Messiah. And everyone was waiting for the day when he would return back to Jerusalem to take the capital city and to be crowned the king. You see, the Jewish people had this expectation ever since they had returned back to Israel. They had this eager expectation that a king would come to throw off the Roman yoke and to to eventually restore the boundaries 
of the kingdom that was under Solomon himself. And the conjecture of what this Messiah looked like was, was all lower place in, in the literature back then. But at the very least, they understood that this Messiah had to be a political Messiah and to restore those boundaries. We know that before Jesus, there were a family called the Hasmoneans, the Maccabee family. And they tried militarily to overthrow the Romans. But each time they tried, they were pushed back. And the nation of Israel, once again, was in despair. When will God deliver us? And so this Palm Sunday is very interesting. And in fact, everything about the Christian life, everything about the way God has revealed himself is almost contrary to our natural inclination. And the point of that is for us to realize that we cannot trust our own observations. We cannot trust our own desires. But the only place and the only thing that we can trust is God's word and God himself. God alone is truth. God alone is the strong tower. God alone is the foundation of all knowledge, of all wisdom. And God wants us always to run to him, to stay in his presence and prayer, to see that his ways is not our ways, to see that the path that we desire in this world is not the path that God has for us, that God is the one who directs all things. And what might seem like the wise way to go is actually the foolish way to go. And actually, the foolish way to go is the wise way to go. And what we expect someone to, someone to do to be the right thing to do is actually the wrong thing to do. And this picture in Palm Sunday is one of those beautiful pictures where we see Jesus and see the people and realize that Jesus is doing something that, we, that the disciples and the people didn't expect. I mean, when we watch the people and cry Hosanna to the highest, we realize that they are saying something that they don't fully understand at that moment. You see, this king was returning back to Jerusalem. And everyone believed that Jesus was returning to take the throne. But Jesus didn't return on a horse. That would have been a symbol of war. A man riding on a horse into the city. And you could imagine there was some question, what, what's, what's going on? But instead he came riding on a foal of a donkey. And this meant in that time that Jesus was coming to bring peace. He wasn't here to enact any sort of, to bring his army 
and enact any sort of war. He was coming here to, to bring peace. I mean, a foal of a donkey is not that intimidating, brothers and sisters. And so you can imagine there's still confusion. Jesus, what are you doing? Maybe this is like a Trojan horse thing that, that God is doing. Because we're, we're, we know that the Messiah is going to come and restore the boundaries. We know he's going to be proclaimed king. We know the Romans are going to get kicked out. But maybe Jesus is playing on something. But the people still looked at him and said, this, this is a king. So they took the palm branches and they, they waved them as he, as he entered triumphantly, as we say, singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. A rightful praise to any king to give him honor and praise as he enters to take his throne. When you look at that picture, brothers and sisters, our natural inclination is to see, all right, this is a good TV series. This is a good Netflix series. At the end of this episode, we're going to see the next episode, and we're going to see Jesus wreak havoc, call down his angels. We're going to see Jesus bring victory. We're going to see his people who've been singing Hosanna in the highest, clad in, in armor. And we're going to see the overthrow of an empire that has subjugated the Hebrew people for hundreds of years. And we're going to have a glorious ending. The scriptures here say that the disciples and even the apostles did not understand what was going on until after Easter. Let me say that again. The disciples and the apostles did not understand almost anything that was going on until after the resurrection of Jesus when Jesus explained everything. And so one of the, the beautiful lessons here for us to understand is that God himself is the only one who knows God is the only one who knows the reason for all things that occur in history. And God is the only one who knows what happens in the life of the church and for what reason. And God is the only one who knows what happens in your own lives and for what reason. We may not understand exactly why God is, is unveiling or how, why God unveiled his plans the way he did. but we know that God is on all wise. We trust him. The second thing to understand here is this. Even at this stage here, is that God accepts our worship. Even though we don't fully understand the fullness of the kingdom of God. And let me say this carefully. 
even for us who, have, who live in post-resurrection days, as the Holy Spirit lives in us. Our worship to God is worship by faith and faith alone. We worship with only what we know about God in our finite capabilities. We only worship God according to how he has revealed himself to us. When you see the little children worship God, you know, I don't think any of us say, oh, you little children, how ignorant of you the way you worship the Lord, how ignorant of you the way you pray, how ignorant of you of, of your understanding of the Bible. But no, we look at them and we say, God, by your grace and by your mercy, they are worshiping you according to what they know about you. And isn't that what we all do? Our worship of God is by his grace and his mercy. If anything, as we read scripture more and more, we see that Jesus himself is the main character and we as human beings, we are seen, well, can I say it this way? We're, we're seen as precious in God's sight, but we are seen as sheep, the dumbest of all animals. Sheep need to be led. Sheep don't know where to go. Other animals are driven. They have, they want to go somewhere. We are led. And even in the midst of all of that, God loves us. So as we worship here on this Sunday, once again, we worship by faith and faith alone. Now we know that as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, his intention is not to bring a kingdom that is as small as a small nation in the Middle East. God's intentions are grander than that. You see, when, when Jesus eventually comes, he's going to be declared the king of all of the universe that every knee shall bow, that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no place in the ends of the earth that will not know that Jesus himself is king. And the change that he wants to enact in this world is not simply geographical power and comfort. But what he wants to enact in us is an eternal power and the eternal comfort in him. But we as God's people were weak. We are weak. If you remember in the book of Judges and Samuel, and even as we get to Kings, in light of all of, all of Deuteronomy, we see the people, they wanted a king. I said, we, we want a king, God. We want a king. And God does something interesting. God performs all these miracles for them. He performs all these miracles. He defeats armies before them. He says to them, listen, go attack here. You attack, you're going to win. 
They bring the Ark of the Covenant wherever they go. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant goes, they, they succeed. In the beginning, they see the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke. They see all of that. You know what that proves? That even seeing miracles does not change people's hearts. Even when God throws us a bone, if I could say it that way, that doesn't change our hearts. They still wanted to be like the other nations. Give us a king. And God eventually relents and gives them a king and King Saul. And he does that in love. And he does that to teach the people that the kingdom that you want in this world I will show you what that looks like. And I hope that you will learn that that kingdom, in the end, must be subjugated to my kingdom in heaven. That your desire for what you want in your life, what this church wants to, to be here in Atlanta, we need to be underneath the great scheme of the kingdom of God. And it's only when we get a taste of what Jesus is doing and the kind of kingdom that he wants to enact do we understand our place in this world. There's only one king, Jesus. And this one king knows how to run his kingdom. He will do so in truth in justice, in grace, and in peace. He will do it in such a way that all people will know that he is the savior of this world. And you and I, when we worship him and see him face to face in the end of days, then and then only will we be able to say, Ah, this is what it truly means to worship God without a failing heart, but with a perfect heart that knows our God. And we will rejoice and say, God, when I lived on this earth, how gracious you were to me to still accept my worship even though my heart was still divided. That is the grace that he gives us. We celebrate this Palm Sunday, not because we understand the fullness of what the kingdom of Jesus was. We celebrate Palm Sunday not because we, we look at the people and we go, they understand who Jesus is. We look at Palm Sunday and we go, no one knew what was going on. No one really knew what was going on. But Jesus is still king coming in. And Jesus still accepts the worship of the people who are worshiping him. And so in faith, brothers and sisters, let us continue our journey. Our God is good.
He accepts our worship, our praise, our attempts in reading the Bible, our attempts in prayer, all of those things. He accepts them because he is our God. He is our King. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we look upon you in your throne room and we see the living God there. We see, Lord, the God of the universe who created all things. And we see a God who, because of your justice and mercy and your love, a God who sent his son Jesus to become like us, to suffer for us, to die for us. We ask of you, Lord God, that as your spirit continues to change us, to continue to accept our worship of you, continue to accept our strivings to follow after you, not because of, well, anything that's intrinsic to our works, but accept them because those works have been given to us as a result of spirit of your spirit by faith. Lord, we thank you that you are a merciful king and that you are a loving father. And so, Lord, bless CCPC. May we always be humbled by you. May we always see, Lord God, that you are the king of this church, not the pastor, not our future session. You are the king. And may we always see, Lord, that even the worship that we, that we worship, Lord, with, that that faith has been given to us as well. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.